Blog Talk Radio. Natural Running Network. We are brought to you by MedHab, makers of RPM Squared, an innovative system of gait analysis that slips right into your running shoes. My name is Richard Diaz. I am your host. Are you a runner? Do you love to get out and challenge yourself? Running your first marathon or maybe caught the bug of obstacle racing? Well, sit tight, because this is a show you just don't want to miss. I've got the great pleasure to have Peter Kostelnik and my dear friend Charlie Ingle on with me when we speak of running. These are guys that know a little bit about that kind of thing. Peter Kostelnik has won Badwater in 2015, set a record in 2016, and is working towards developing a shattering record for the Transamerica run. Uh, Peter, say hello to the audience. Hi there. Great to be here. Cool. Charlie? Hello, sir. Good to be back again. Thanks for having me. I always love to talk to you, Charlie. It's always been a, always been a pleasure to, to speak with you. Same here. Uh, so, Peter... Um, Kind of a dark horse. I know uh, in the running scene, I guess, ultra running scene, you know, you're probably a household word at the moment. Smoked the bad water and just a slew of other amazing records. I understand you ran, what, 163 miles in 24 hours? Yep, that's right. Wow. Wow. And is that an American record? Uh, No, it it was, uh, I think it's, it's somewhere around fifth on the American all-time record. record. Okay. Now, um, I spoke once upon a time with Scott Jurek, and I know he's kind of in that range, isn't he not? Yep, yeah. he's. I think he, Scott might be just above me on the list of, of the all-time 24-hour distance. That's a whole lot of running for 24 hours. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it was uh, it was a it was a fun day uh, at, at Desert Solstice uh, last December, and actually, what made it what made it great was my parents came. And it was the first time, you know, they'd seen me taking part in a race like that. So it, it's a day I'll never forget. That's for sure. Wow. So can I ask you how old you are, Peter? I'm 28 years old. Yep. Young buck. Remember those days, Charlie? <laughs> I was just sitting here shaking my head, going. Man, no, and, and and you know Pete, Pete's not. Uh, he did, if I remember right, Pete. Yours was an American record for the twenty to twenty nine age group, wasn't that right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, during the race, it's funny because I was lobbying hard for that, and then you know, they, I guess they don't really track it. Um, they, they just track the open versus the masters. But I'm proud. To, yeah, I, I definitely lobbied hard for them to officially announce that as an age group record. <laughs> Wow. Well, I'd imagine that, well, maybe I'm wrong, but I'd imagine the sweet spot for 
running long like that because it takes tenacity. Guys like Charlie, very tenacious characters. You know, you kind of mature with it, and after a little bit of time, you start to get to this place where, um, you know, you you go longer. You just love going long. It's a it's a tenacious thing, and I think it really requires a little bit of seasoning. I think about thirty five years old is probably a sweet spot. Would you agree, Charlie? Well, I would have agreed with you years back, and I my heart still says that. But guys like Pete and uh, the guy that just you know the twenty year old that just won the Western States one hundred and. You know, I think I think there's a real shift change going on, Richard, and it and it is that um, uh, like guys like and I don't even know Pete if you run a marathon, but guys like the guy who just won the Western States 100. I'm sorry, I don't remember his name, Pete. Do you do you remember it? Uh, oh, the the one this year. Yes. Well, Jim Walmsley was the guy that was really right. on on pace to to crush the course record. Right. He was crushing yep. it, and then I'm embarrassed because you know I, I should know this guy's name for sure. But the guy, who, the guy who ended up winning, was only 20 years old, and he's never run a marathon. Wow. Like, like you know, so younger and younger people are in fact, you know, getting into ultra running. And there's, a, I, I think it's because 20 years ago, if you told somebody you were running a marathon, they'd go, "Wow, you know, that's fantastic." You know, now you tell somebody you're running, you know, a marathon. They say, yeah, you know, my 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 granddad yeah. <laughs> just did yeah. marathon, and not that it's not still an incredibly impress, impressive achievement, but it is like the rest of our society. There's a ramping up, and with a guy like Pete, who's got like I'm not even a remotely talented runner. I've got a lot of stubbornness and I've got a little bit of talent, but there's guys like Pete and these other young guys who they're super runners and they want to go long and there's no prize money in this stuff, man. There's no, you know, they're not getting anything out of it other than, you know, they still got a day job just like Pete does. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Pete, what drives you? Well, it's funny because I was I was just going to um, really say the same exact thing that Charlie just said. You know, I don't really have uh, necessarily any specific running talent, but um, it's it's really the stubbornness that I, I I'm I'm always I've always felt like I'm the most stubborn person in the room when it comes to you know the the ability to withstand monotony and then also push through and just never give up and so that's what I love I think the most about ultra running and just going further and further is that um, when I first got into it it was kind of a struggle uh, especially from like a nutrition standpoint but um, over these last couple of years now that I feel like I've started to figure it out it's just um, I feel like it's so much within my control to to do well that um, that's really what inspires me to, to keep it going is, is really the I can make it what I want because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a 2:41 marathoner, so I feel like I've made strides to, a, you know, get faster over the last few years. But I'm definitely not like an Olympic caliber athlete. So, um, you know, in in a race like 100 plus miles, um, it, it's a lot less about talent and more about drive and preparation. Wow. Well, no question that it's about that, and it's just not something. It's not the type of qualities you typically find in younger people. And I'm not. I'm not casting dispersion. I'm just saying that 
in 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 my history of being involved in this type of thing, I've just always known that the younger tend to want to go shorter, faster. They want to get it done, get it over with. And the older guys, we tend to like to go longer and slower. And I think part of it is that, you know, we we don't have that speed, that snap we had when we were younger. So we do have the tenacity, so we lend with what we have. Is that fairly accurate, Charlie? Well, yeah, and I always said that, you know, to, to really know how to you have to you have to have lived some years to really understand how to suffer properly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and these younger guys, you know, and I mean, I'm being funny when I say it, but guys like Pete and I don't you know, I'm sure Pete has had his challenges in life, just like everybody else. And we we grow through the hardships that we have. And but I do think that, you know, Pete is and and me, too. I'm, I was born with something that, for whatever reason, makes me want to keep pushing when maybe especially when all hope seems lost or when, you know, when everything seems like it can't possibly work out. That's when, you know, I usually suck it up and and have my best moments, you know, and I, I think that there was always the assumption that just that being young, you just didn't, you didn't have that yet. Cause you couldn't have that. Cause it takes life experience. But again, I think it is in this, in this world where running uh, marathons, you know, it's more than acceptable to run a five hour marathon. Now, you know, in the seventies, you would have been like the, not only would everybody have been, you know, packed up and gone home, uh, the there be no, you know there wouldn't even be the last person standing there at the finish line if you finished in five hours, and that's just because that's the, the sport was much smaller then. Now, you know this fitness movement really I I, I think that it is you know this idea that uh, participation is really important and finishing time isn't the only gauge to success, and I think it's what it's done is it's made the bar- made the barrier even for young people like. I'm, you know, Pete's growing up seeing people run marathons, you know, that, that, you know, may not have been the traditional, you know, they didn't look like Frank Shorter, you know, they looked like your, your mom and your dad. <laughs> and uh, I think it's just changed. And I, I love it. I think it's a welcoming sport. It's a, I can't think of another sport where everybody is welcome. I mean, truly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not as welcome as I used to be. <laughs> so Pete, now let's talk about this challenge to uh do this Trans America thing. You're gonna start where? The plan is to to start at uh City Hall in uh, in uh, San Francisco on uh September twelfth. Okay. And uh and and run from there to City Hall in New York City. And what's the what's the entire distance that we're talking about? The route I have mapped out right now uh, is, is right at uh, 3,100 miles, which um, which is a lot, uh, which is the distance that a lot of people agree is is kind of the standard for running uh, across the country. Okay, and then in the course of all this, what you're hoping to do is obviously set a, a world record, and you're going to hopefully get the Guinness people to validate this thing and give you the credit you deserve in the event that you pull this off, right? Correct. Yeah. And, yeah, I, and at this point, you know, the, the Guinness part, the, the, the evidence requirement is almost uh, as, as consuming as the running part to me right now, because um, that is, that is one of the focuses of this run is to make it um, as transparent as possible so that, um, 
you know, everyone is, you know, if, if I am fortunate enough to break the record, that it is uh, solid and in stone. Yeah. You know, this. I, I'm a little bit familiar with this Guinness process because I had an interview with a fellow by the name of Junyong Pak. Do you know him, Charlie? I do know the name. I, yeah. I've never met him, but yes. Yeah, you met him. You just don't remember him. He was he was on that cruise ship that we were oh, on. Exactly. Yes, yeah. I do indeed remember. Well, he he uh, set a record for running a marathon with um, carrying forty pounds on his back. Ah. And uh, what was it that he ran? It was something crazy. Is he had a break like three twenty six? I think he ran like three fourteen. Wow. Marathon with forty pounds on his back, and I think he probably weighs about one hundred and forty five pounds soaking wet. Wow, that's <laughs> um, impressive. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, but he, the whole process of trying to get Guinness to recognize that as a uh, as an actual record was quite daunting. I know it was. So, so Pete, what what inspired you to take this on? You, so you, you you're knocking out a couple hundreds. You're having some pretty good success with that distance, obviously enough. And then you thought, I know, I'm going to run across the United States, and okay, I'll do it in 44 days. How'd it go? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when I when I first got into ultra running um, back in 2011, um, you know, I, I heard about uh, I heard about Charlie and Marshall's run across America in, from 2008, and you know that that really was part of my inspiration of you know just getting into ultra running in general was uh, just how awesome that you know reading about their story, watching. You know, watching a, the documentary on it, um, it, it was it was just something that kind of blew me away, and it's something that I wasn't necessarily, you know, interested in doing anytime in the near future. Uh, but it was kind of one of those things that you think about that okay, maybe you know, when I'm retired someday, I'll you know, that'll be one of my fun little activities to to take up my time while I'm not do not working anymore. But um, a few years ago, I ran across Iowa uh, during the, the annual Ragbri bike run, and I was the first person to ever run that uh, along with another guy that year. And so that was kind of like my 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 fix, I guess, for the time being of, of doing a, a run like that. Um, but then at, over the last couple of years, as I've gotten more adept at ultra running and, and particularly road running, um, you know, I thought, well, you know, I'll want to do this i want to run across the country someday and you know really experience the town to town nature and and just the beauty of the country in that way and you know if if i think i think that you know i don't do anything that i don't think i could do um but i think i have the ability to break this record so you know rather than waiting until i'm retired someday um you know why not try it now and you know because what if there's one thing i've learned you know if you don't do it now you're you might never do it. So, yeah. um, so I think that just, just, you know, the initial inspiration years ago and then now just the realization that I think I, I have the ability to break this record has, has really been the, the two pushing factors for me. So how far was it across Iowa? Uh, that year it would have been about 423 miles uh, over seven days. Okay. It's about 60, 60 miles a day. Okay. And so in your training right now, uh, what is your typical weekly, daily type of volume? So uh, right now, I t typically try to run about 10 miles before work and then 
uh, 15 to 20 after work. And then on the weekends, I'll try to put in uh, a couple of back-to-back 30 to 40-mile runs. So I'm, I'm trying to hit uh, 200 or, or near there um, as many weeks as I can between now and, and uh, setting forth in September. Okay, so let me ask you this. What type of uh, physical challenges are you facing? Do you Are you one of those guys that just seems to be bulletproof no matter what you do? It doesn't seem to be a problem for you? Uh, or are you battling with, you know, IT band issues? you got plantar fasciitis, any of that stuff kind of cropping up yet? Yeah, uh, I, I, I've dealt with a lot of IT band issues, but it's been a couple years, and I, I think uh, the reason I've been very, uh, very fortunate not to have any serious leg injuries has been just the the fact I've been doing so much mileage over the last year and a half. Um, I feel like my legs are kind of bulletproof from that perspective. Knock on wood, obviously. But um, and I also I also see a guy who's who's really good at the advanced release technique, okay. um, and he, so he works on me um, quite a bit to to keep my legs fresh. So I really that my biggest uh, my biggest um, conundrum has been. Um, Sometimes I'll get tendonitis that flares up in my feet and my arches, um, but that typically is manageable. It's, it's usually just flares up if I'm doing uh, doing a pace that's too fast, and so usually if I slow down the pace, I can manage it. Okay. So I guess the biggest challenge is going to be, and this is kind of surprising for a lot of people, is just nutrition, right? Being able to get enough food in your system. Even while you're training, you know that kind of volume when you're training is just you must be just a furnace to eat food with, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's one of the beauties is I, I can. <laughs> uh, you asked my, my my crew from Badwater or, or uh, the Western States aid station how much food I was putting down. Um, I think I think that's you know my high mileage training and then just the fact that I could put down so many calories, you know, almost to the extent that. You know, I have to watch myself on days where I don't run as much just to um, know that I can't just throw down 7,000 calories and <laughs> and not not put on a little bit of weight. But, um, no, I, I think that that's one of the benefits of my training has been um, the ability just to put down a ton of calories and go on a run, and and my, my stomach has really become iron uh, in that respect. You know, I had a similar conversation a way, I can't recall how far back it was. It's a couple of years ago, I think it was, with Dean Carnassus. And um, Dean was talking about his trip across the United States. And so we kind of tried to relive it from the start. I said, okay, so what time of the day are you going to take off? He goes, well, you know, we're not going to get too, out of bed too early to start. We're just going to take it easy and, you know, just get on the road. I said, so what time? He says, well, we're going to probably leave at about 9 o'clock in the morning. I said, okay, now it's dark. He was leaving from somewhere, uh, I think it was, sent, uh, where was it? It was somewhere on the beach. Maybe it was somewhere around Newport or something. I forget, south of Los Angeles. I said, so you've been running all day. Now it's getting dark. Where are you now? And um, I don't remember exactly where he said he was, but he was still somewhere not that far in California. And I just, for me personally, just wrapping my head around the idea that I wake up and I got maybe two, three days left in the same state. (laughs) 
<laughs> before I before I start making my way across the United States, that would just be killing me. Have you have you kind of thought thought that through? What's your mindset in respect to just the day to day to day to day stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, it, it it will be uh, interesting because you know it, it's such a long distance and such a a long you know so many days in a row. Um, so I, I think for me, I'm trying to I'm willing to try to not look at the map too often and. The, and really just focus on each individual day. And that's, that's one thing I've been pretty good about. You know, if I go on a training run of 60 miles even, um, I'm really good at breaking it down into small segments and not even thinking about the big picture until, you know, I'm, I'm only a few miles away from the finish. So, I, yeah, I think I think it's if, – if you think big picture at all, you know, in the, even in the, in the first half of this run, it's, it's going to seem just like – looking straight up at Everest. Yeah, I'd imagine. Have you got a pacing strategy? Do you, do you Have you kind of calculated what you need to be hanging on to in respect to, uh, well, two things, your pace and how many hours that you are planning to run each consecutive day? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, the eight, 8.30 to 9-minute mile pace is, uh, is typically a, a, a pace that I can hold for a really long time um, so, but I, I'm also cognizant that I can't just run every single mile every day. So um, I think my strategy is going to be really to to keep my physical activity to about 12 hours a day. Um, now that that's not including breaks and everything, so I might be out on the road for 14 or 15 hours a day, um, including stops for food and and whatnot. But um, that in my mind, that makes it a really easy calculation because I, I, I would like to average about 72 miles a day. And uh, so that's exactly um, a 10-minute pace overall if I divide it all out, um, just to be uh, completely transparent on, on that. And um, if, I, if I'm able to run, you know, two-thirds of my miles at, an, at around a nine-minute pace each day, then that will afford me to do quite a bit of walking or shuffling to mix up which muscles I'm using. And I'm, I'm a pretty quick walker too. I mean, I can usually, uh, usually knock out miles, um, in about, uh, 13 to 14 minutes while walking. So that, that'll be, that might be my, some of my strategy in the afternoon each day. I see. And uh, gosh, I'm just thinking of all these different approaches. Have you thought about trying to bank some time? So, in other words, over the first half of the journey, have you thought about trying to be a little bit more aggressive or you think that's a bad idea? Uh, and I guess what I'm getting at is trying to allow yourself the what-if factor. You know, what if something goes wrong and you need to be able to take a bit more break for therapy, what have you? Um, would it be prudent to try to get a little ahead of your goal pace uh, for a while and then... If it all goes well, if you slow down a little bit, you're still going to be where you need to be. Yeah, um, a lot of people have recommended that I actually start out under uh, the goal, the goal distance. Um, you know, I, I I think that would, I think that's a good idea um, in theory. But for me personally, it'll mess with my mind too much. I think if I'm, if I notice that oh, I only did 65 miles the first five days, I need to really pick it up. So then. 
you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really going to try to at least start out right on, right on the number of miles I need to do each day and then, uh, see how I feel. And if I feel good, then, you know, I, you know, I'll pick it up because, um, you know, if, if you're feeling good, you know, until you're feeling bad, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't hold back. Yeah. Now, Charlie, clearly you have great experience in this, in this regard. Uh, and I know that you're advising him. So give me a sense of what you've already kind of stuck in his head in respect to what he should be doing with this pacing strategy. Well, your questions were really spot on. And, and I was curious about some of Pete's answers myself. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a couple things I want to say about the, you know, the I am one of those people who, who advises Pete, of course, to listen to his body, but to it's much more important to get, you know, a solid start and get good sleep every day than it is to absolutely get the mileage that he thinks he needs to get. So in, in, in my opinion, you know, and, and look, Frank Giannino, who's the guy who holds the record, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he was also 28 when he set the record and he was also about a 230, 240 marathoner. And, you know, he he ran fast enough every single day to assure that he was able to get a good night's sleep, get a little massage, make sure he eats enough and does all those things. When I ran across, you know, I started off, I, I so desperately wanted to run my 70 miles per day that very quickly, but I'm slower than these guys, very quickly I was running 15 or 16 hours a day you know, with eating, with other stuff, you know, before I knew it, it was up to 17 or 18 hours a day and I just wasn't getting enough sleep. And I was, it was a, it was a collision course with catastrophe, which if you see running America, the, you know, the documentary about it, you know, you see this long, slow descent or maybe even a quick descent into the abyss. And so Pete needs to be, and he knows it, you know, he needs to be cognizant of the fact that he doesn't need to run 72 a day in that first week. If he does, that's great, but he doesn't need to because he, if he's feeling good, you know, during that time. So I, I think his plan, and, and Pete is just level-headed, man. He's got, you know, he's got that drive, but I think he'll, he'll make, you know, he'll make smart decisions when he's out there. I, I will also I will happily say this one thing, you know, he's got a couple of crew members, uh, Chuck Dale, who was my crew chief for running the Sahara and for running America. And he crewed for me at Badwater five times. Chuck's going to be out there with Pete along with Dean Hart and a couple of other amazing people that I, I don't know personally, but who, you know, you got to have a crew that's not only looking out for you, but that's not telling you, you know, they're telling you the truth and they're they're trying to help you make good decisions instead of always just just pushing. And and that's the way Pete's gonna get across this country. And to and to respond to one more thing you guys both talked about, and that's the sheer enormity of this picture. You know, when I was in the Sahara, like I swear after the first few days, I, I all I could think about every morning was getting to lunch. Like that was my, that was my mantra. Like, I just want to get to lunch and then I'd take lunch and I'd have a nap and for 20 minutes or something and I'd get up and I'd run again. And I knew I had another marathon in the afternoon and all I cared about was getting to dinner. And that was how I got through the days, you know, and, and, 
every day something went wrong every single day and every single day that Pete's out there something will go wrong big or small and having a, a crew that doesn't panic and and realizing that it's just one day is, is the key and I think Pete's got the mindset and he definitely has the physical ability to pull this off getting back to this pacing strategy you're talking about eight nine minute mile pace that's pretty quick I would think you feel like uh, just your general pacing strategy, if you're like to go out and say, okay, I'm going to go run today, you're just going to run nines or, you know, for hours on end and, and that's good for you. I mean, good for you, meaning that you're capable of doing it and that's not a stretch. I would imagine that when you start pushing towards eight or even a little quicker, you you tend to start making some mistakes that cause you to have some stress in, in, the, in the joints and, and it becomes a problem. I don't know. It's just so crazy to me to try to run that fast across the United States. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, that's a great point um, because when, when I, I I do um, I do a lot of uh, a lot of running in that seven thirty to eight thirty pace uh, when I'm training and, and putting in some of my high mileage. And there is such a big difference for me, at least. Um, between doing like a 740 pace and an 815 pace. Um, and that was actually one of the things that I focused on at Badwater this year was um, last year I the, the first 42 miles are pretty flat, and I was, um, I was pretty consistently hitting 8-minute miles, uh, if I recall correctly, and some were even under 8 minutes. And then this year I really focused on getting that average up to about an 815 to 830 pace. And that and that worked uh, wonders for me late in the race when I was still able to to um, run through some sub nine minute miles. Um, so I, I think I think uh, to really to get back to your question, I think the um, I, I don't want my goal will be to not really ever be putting in miles under an eight fifteen to eight thirty pace. Um, and I think, uh, but at the same time, I also don't want to. Um, one thing I learned during rag ride is that I don't want to get into a, a shuffle where I'm putting in all of my miles at the same effort. So um, what a typical day might look like is maybe for the first uh, 30 to 40 miles or about the first half, I'm doing an 8.30 to a 9-minute pace. Um, you know, 8.30 might be a little ambitious, so maybe closer to 9. And then uh, maybe I slow it down to like a 10.30 to 11 uh, minute pace, shot more of a more of a shuffle um, for the next 15 to 20 miles, and then um, after that, maybe even mixing in some some walking or even mixing in some walking earlier. Um, but just making sure that I'm I'm mixing up the muscles that I'm using each day, I think, will be important. And uh, in order to afford me some time to walk, um, I, I think I'll I'll need to put in some slightly faster miles that really don't put it put uh, any damage. Um, uh, undo uh, or unnecessary damage um, to my muscles. So, um, so, so I, when I do train, I like on the weekends if I do back-to-back forty milers. Um, usually, I am able to do those at an eight to an eight thirty pace without really feeling any uh, sore, uh, any extra soreness the next day. So I, I feel pretty good about it. But um, obviously, I haven't done anything like this before, so after the first few days I might uh, do some reevaluation of my pace and see if um, if there's anything I should adjust. 
Charlie, do you think it's an advantage or a disadvantage to have never done this before? I would imagine that given that you've you've covered these crazy distances in your history, that when you set about to do it again, it just it's almost like PTSD, right? You're just like, oh, man, I remember this. Ignorance truly is bliss in this case, and I'm not implying that Pete is ignorant, although the uh, <laughs> the... Just a, I have to tell you a funny story. So when Pete and I met, it was at Badwater Cape Fear back in 2015. So, and this young guy comes up, and his enthusiasm was awesome. And he uh, he had a really good race. There were a couple of other speedsters in the race that just barely edged him out. I think you were third, right, Pete? Yep. And and I was a couple spaces behind him, but probably a good hour or more in time but we we all went to, to dinner together a little group of us and pete was there and i actually said my wife reminded me of this a couple of days ago because i had forgotten i said to pete we're having a conversation we're just yakking back and forth and and i'm really enjoying you know what pete has to say and and i said you know or maybe he asked me even are, are you going to try to run across the united states again and i said absolutely i plan on taking another shot do you want to go and he's like, yeah, I want to go. <laughs> and, you know, and I didn't, not that I blew it off as I knew he, I could tell very much that, you know, that he was, that he was serious, but I didn't know how serious at the time. And it's really why, I've, I mean, it is why I've come on board. You know, I, I would love to take another shot at the record, but for me, you know, it would be a much more, there's a lot more strategy involved and I do have the, you know, the PTSD, if you will, of having done it before and having, having it be far and away the most miserable experience of my running life. <laughs> um, you know, I started that run not, and not an excuse, but I started with a, a staph infection. I had MRSA when I started and I just, I was like going downhill from day one. And so the consolation, and this is what runners do, right? We rationalize, and we we try to tell ourselves that things would only things would be different if only. And so I do rationalize, and I say, okay, if I can if I can try this again someday and actually be healthy when I start, it doesn't mean I'm going to stay healthy, but I mean at least be healthy at the beginning. And that's the thing I'm even telling Pete now. He's got six weeks. Pete's ready to run like tomorrow. Um, and the most important thing is for this six weeks for him to stay healthy, much more important than to, you know, increase mileage or do other stuff. But for me, you know, I, I'm, I still want to try again, but I also, I, I believe my, my mantra is to keep it, you have to give it away. And I say it all the time. And, and when Pete asked me to help, it wasn't even, I didn't even give it a second thought. And I, I'm giving him every imaginable effort and some of the things I can tell him are just what not to do. But, you know, sometimes that's the best advice is, is, is to tell people that we, we've also got, um, Pete just announced a good friend of ours. Uh, Chris Roman is actually going to be the doc on this, uh, on this journey. And so Chris is an accomplished ultra runner himself and, and it's important to have, you know, you need somebody that you can talk to about every little ache and pain and what's what's going on, because most of them will work themselves out. But, you know, the ones that don't, you know, you got to have somebody there 
uh, and Richard, uh, Chris isn't going to be out there all the time, but you know, we got to have somebody that you can call and, and have help. Right. But you know, yeah. So, I mean, I want to do it again myself, but I want to, I want to see Pete absolutely smash this record and make it even harder for me the next time. <laughs> yeah. So watch him, Pete. He's going to have you going the wrong way. <laughs> you know, he's going to mess you up. <laughs> I know. Yeah, right? I, 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 it's I, almost, it's almost yeah. too good to be true. I mean, if you took a if you took a uh, silhouette of the photo of who's running uh, across America on, starting on September 12th, and and you didn't know who it was, you would probably think it was Charlie Engel, just with the the team that he's he's helping put together. So uh, I wonder if there's a conspiracy here with Charlie working with uh, the crew and and Chris. <laughs> well, you've got to keep in mind too that when you talk about this type of thing. It's a short list. It's like when you say, hey, so so-and-so is going to run across the United States. Uh, what's his name again? They're going to say, uh, Charlie? Uh, Dean? Uh, I mean, there's only a few people, right? So you're going to be on that short list. You're going to get this thing done. Hopefully you're going to get it done. The record is what now? It's um, Help me. 46, 46 days and eight hours. 46 days and you're looking to do it in 44. Is that yep. right? Okay. Not. Yeah. Well, I mean, so what landed you on 44 instead of, I mean, it's 46. Um, so I'd take 45, wouldn't you? I, 40, the, the number four has had a very odd uh, odd uh, connection with me in the past. Um, my first ultra marathon was 44 miles. Um, I, at Boston Marathon, my bib number was 4444 one year. Um, I've, I've had bib numbers of four. So, um, no, I'm just I'm just kidding. But no, I, that 44 it, it does give me. Uh, no, I was curious about you know, the, the four, but uh, <laughs> the the 44 just gives me a couple of days of buffer. Um, if something does go wrong, and I think it's just a, it's something good to to really focus on. And um, you know, it, it is ambitious, um, but it, um, it's not. You know, I I think if I was to say, oh, I want to try to do it in 40 days, you know that it's just you know maybe i can do it in 40 days if, if everything goes perfect and i'm feeling awesome but um i think 44 just uh it's it's a very ambitious goal um and it and i think it's uh i think it'll keep me away from being uh getting stressed out if i do fall back you know a day uh at some point during the during the run good point okay so this is going to happen what's the start date the start date uh, will be September 12th. Okay. Well, if you're not busy in October, uh, I'm looking for someone to help uh, one of my clients do the world's toughest mutter. And unlike ultra running, uh, two men cover 100 miles, 24 hours, they share $100,000. You got wow. the, you got good upper body strength. I I I'll be the first person to tell you I don't. Uh, if you look at, I, I probably have the, I probably have the world's highest ratio of leg muscle to arm muscle out of anyone <laughs> in the world. That's no joke. That that's a problem. <laughs> that would be a problem. That's a deal breaker. <laughs> no, but uh, you know I'm sure you guys have been paying attention to it, Charlie. When I kind of ran this business by you a couple of years ago, um, just the amazing amount of people that are that are taken on to this obstacle course racing, 
It's, it's just nuts. You know, they, they, I saw some statistics that said in 2011, about 20,000 people in the world were doing OCR events. Yeah. And now they're saying it's pushing 13 million. Wow, that's amazing. And I, I would assume, are you, are you, uh, are you, is Nick going after this again? Our friend Nick Holland is. He well, a- you know, I understand that uh, he's got a vendetta. He he absolutely has <laughs> uh, issue with this event, and he has something to prove. Yeah. Um, I would love to see him go out solo and win the thing. I tried to encourage him to do a team with Hunter McIntyre. Oh, yeah, well. Hunter's guy that was going to do it with him, Miguel Medina, uh, turned his ankle in Montreal at the Ultra Beast, and I advised him not to try it for two reasons. One, he's just going to hurt himself, and two, they're not going to win. Yeah. And Hunter's not going in there for for shits and giggles. He wants to win this thing, and um, he's almost willing to give up half of his earning to to whomever will will step up and, and help him win this thing so that... Uh, point being is it's not about the money with him. He wants to win this race really badly. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm just. Well, I guess what I'm alluding towards is the fact that there's so much money that's going into the sport right now, and so much notoriety. I mean, they've they've got CNN is covering events. Uh, ESPN just did a thing. Yeah. NBC just did two different types of series, and now CBS is going to cover this event. Wow. And then they're going to put some money up next year towards a series championship which would uh, culminate in that world's toughest mutter. I, I don't know of another sport that's gotten that kind of notoriety in the United States so early in the game. Well, well let me tell you something. I wasn't planning on uh, saying this today, but you'll be interested, I, I think, given what you're talking about. So, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a runner, and that's what people know me as, generally speaking, although I love cycling and I, I come from an adventure racing background. And you know, I sort of searched my, my heart and head uh, a couple of weeks ago about what I wanted to do next. And I had 100 milers and other stuff on my plate, uh, possibly. And, of course, I have a book coming out, so I was trying to think about the time constraints. But I actually am – I've decided that uh, I got an invitation from uh, our friend uh, Joe DeSena to do the World Championships in Tahoe. And that's my that's where I'm headed. So. All right. So I'm very excited, in fact, to, to, to announce that, not that anybody really cares other than me. I care. But yeah, I know you do. And I'm I'm fired up. You know, I've only done two Spartan races before, and they've both been sprints. And so I am, I, I do like to say, you know, just because you don't know how it's going to go is no reason not to, to try something. You know, I'm, I'm stepping way out of my, I mean, it is in my comfort zone from a, like a suffering standpoint, but... <laughs> I'm not a, you know, I'm not some, you know, super experienced Spartan racer or anything, but I don't, I know that I'm going to go out there and have a good time and, and do my best and do something that I actually risk failure. And that's what Pete's putting doing too. I mean, we're, we're here to talk about, you know, we're talking about obstacle course racing and records and, you know, Pete is putting himself into a position where, you know, despite the fact he's got all the ability and all the pieces are in place, the odds of success are still stacked against know, him. Yeah, they're still, you know, probably 50-50 at best because so many things can go wrong. He's the guy to do it, but it only takes one twisted ankle or one whatever to, you know, all of a sudden things get thrown off. But obstacle course racing is so 
it's so fascinating. You know, Joe DeSanta has a new book. It just came out a couple days ago, and it's it's actually quite good. Smart and fit. Exactly, and it's it's for you know it's for anybody who's just getting into the sport or or has got a lot of experience either way. And you know, I'm excited about going there and and doing something fun and different. And it, it's you know it's got my juices flowing right now, and I'm I'm fired up about it. And You're gonna do the Ultra Beast? I am. I am. Hey, you know, I'm 54. I'll be 54, and it, it's. You know, for me to be competitive, because look, who am I kidding? I want to, I say I want to go do my best, but, you know. You really want to win. In my dreams, I want to win. You know, I mean, that's a that's very unlikely, but I certainly want to go out there and compete. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's unlikely at all. I don't think it's unlikely at all. Yeah, my friend Miguel Medina came in second last year. He's a pretty tough cat. But I think that at the end of the day, um, doubling up, it's about 31 miles, I think. Yeah. Um, guys like you, it's it's tailor made for guys like you. Pete, you should do it too. You're, you're not going to be busy. You're going to be, you know, you're going to be heal- <laughs> You're going to be healing from oh. that. It's only well, seven when is hours. This it's only seven. October. Hours. <laughs> October first. He'll still be running. Oh, okay. Oh uh, yeah. Well, you take a little yeah, break. We'll right. fly you. We'll fly you to Tahoe. <laughs> and toss that little ditty in there. Are you going to be yeah, there, Richard? Yeah. I don't know yet. I might. I might. Right, well, I hope. I hope so. I got clients that want me to come, and and uh, you know, Hunter's looking to win this thing, and yeah, and if he he, he wants me to come, I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Well, we'll I'm going to go out. I'm also going to join Pete. You know, we haven't even figured out the schedule yet, but I certainly plan on getting out there with Pete on a couple of stretches and just to try to help because crewing for these things is just about as hard as actually running and. You know, you can only have so many people out there at once, but the crew actually needs breaks. And, you know, I want to, I even want to go back to something that Pete was talking about. You know, you guys talking about Guinness. And while I respect, uh, and when Marshall and I did the run in 2008, you know, we went to great lengths to document everything. And, you know, Marshall ended up getting an age group record, which was, you know, fantastic. And um, it's a lot of hoops to jump through, but it's, it's worth it. And if you don't do Guinness, you have to at least make sure that you're outrageously transparent and that there's been a couple of attempts in these last few years at the TransCon where people have claimed to be doing a certain amount of miles per day and, and such, and yet there was no verification. And, you know, I don't, I'm not saying they didn't do it. I have no, no idea I wasn't there. But with a record like this, to me, this is the most significant endurance record in the world right now. And I mean super endurance, not right. Right. there's ultras, there's there's all of that. But a, a, a truly uh, measurable distance, you've got to run 3,100 miles because that's what Frank Giannino did. And out of respect to the record, you know, you could run shorter distance coast to coast, but you would, you know, you, you would, it would not be legitimate run the same distance Frank ran and you need to run it faster than he did and you need to make sure <laughs> that anybody and everybody can see you basically at all times you know the technology exists to do that and Pete's Pete's really set up well to make sure that you know people can watch they can come out and and watch in person if they want maybe even run a couple miles with him along the way and uh, you know it just has to be very transparent 
Yeah. Well, if he stays around a 10-minute mile, I think I could hang out with him for about the first quarter mile. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my my running times are just getting pitiful, man. I, it's it's that old age. I hate to say it, but damn it. So, Peter, um, is this conversation starting to get you a little anxious? I mean, you're thinking, ah, oh, man, let's just do this thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I... I... I mean, it's such a, you know, I've been fortunate to have such a great team help me with all the planning, but man, it, I, yeah, I am so looking forward to just getting out there and and seeing the towns, seeing people run with me. You know, I, I would love nothing more than to have someone, you know, by my side the entire way. Um, You know, whether or not I'm in the mood to talk, that's another thing, but, um, (laughs) but just, just to have, you know, the camaraderie, see the towns, and really, get away with eating and drinking just about any, anything I want, I think, you know, are the are the three <laughs> things I'm looking forward to most, um, way more than, than the, the planning. Do you listen to music when you're running? I do sometimes if I if I need a quick a quick jolt of energy, but uh, for the most part, not really. Okay. I, don't, I just could imagine it gets lonely out there after a while. Well, I got to yeah, tell you, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pete. Uh, I was going to say that my hat goes off to you. Um, it's pretty amazing that someone like yourself is got the gumption to do something like this. You know, it's. I guess you're an inspiration for people that are trying to get their run on, and and uh, you know, like a lot of a lot of credit to you for that. You're, you're inspiring a lot of folks. You're, you got. I know you got Charlie's juices up. If you if you knock this out of the park, you could pretty much figure Charlie's going to be behind you the following day. He's going to want to. He's going to jump. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's going to be doing push-ups in in the lobby at the hotel, waiting for a shot at this. Um, before we shut this down, uh, a couple things I want to do. Number one, to follow you, Pete. What is the best way for people to get a sense of what you're doing and how to follow you? Yeah. So there's a there's a Pete's. Uh, Pete's Feet Across America uh, Facebook page, and that, that has a lot of great uh, content. Um, and then actually just today we, we uh, released the, the website as well, which is uh, Pete'sFeetAA.com. Uh, Pete's, so both those... Pete's Feet AA.com. Yep. Okay. Yep. And okay. then, uh, so yeah, those two places will have a lot of, you know, really everything you need to know. And then uh, the, the website will have a link to uh, live tracking, uh, so we'll have live tracking on it, um, and then uh, yeah, and, and you can also sign up for uh, email um, um, contact on the Pete's Feet uh, website as well, and uh, especially if you'd like to come out and help crew or, or run with me, that's the way to, to get in contact with us, and uh, I'd, I'd love to see you know anyone out there with um, helping in any way they want. Okay, remind me again, uh, and for people that didn't catch it, what is the Facebook uh, page name? Uh, Pete's Feet Across America. Okay, that's the that's Facebook, and then it's Pete'sFeetAA.com. Yep. All right, one more bit of business before we uh, put a fork in this. Charlie, you, you released a book. It's going to be out, available in September. Name of the book, and real, real brief, I've only got a couple of minutes, give me a sense of... Uh, what it's all about yeah well thank you richard it's called and it's called running man not surprisingly and it's published by simon and schuster scribner actually which is an imprint of simon and schuster it 
It's released on September 13th, but you know, I encourage people to consider pre-ordering. Uh, it's available for pre-order on Amazon right now. So just Running Man and, and my name will bring it up. And the book is, it's a memoir. It's a true, it's a true memoir. So it starts with, you know, with background and childhood and moves through a lot of years of, you know, addiction and, and then my, my, how running affected my life. I mean, it's very heavy on running, not surprising. And, there's running stories, but, but most of them are, most of them have lessons that are more about life. And then of course, you know, what happened to me later in life. And, and I would say that, uh, you know, in general, it follows my philosophy of, you know, adaptation and the fact that anything can be overcome if, if you're willing to adapt. And it's, it's not about what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens to you that matters. And, the book's getting some great reviews, I'm happy to say, and I, I appreciate the plug. Thanks very much. And uh, I think, you know, hopefully people will enjoy the book, and and uh, it'll be out September 13, but it's available for order right now. Cool. Cool. Uh, uh, one more thing, Peter. Um, while you're out on this road, now I realize that you're, of all the things that you're going to have to worry and focus on, calling me is not going to be one of them. But... It might be interesting, and I'm just putting this out there in the universe to see what, what you think of it. It might be interesting if somewhere along the way we could plug in about what Pete's doing right now. And maybe even if it's just about a five-minute punch where maybe I'll, I'll push it into one of my um, upcoming podcasts to give an update. Because you know how people are. They forget. You, you're, oh, it's going to be a big deal the day you take off. And 25 days in when you're suffering and working your butt off, people have forgot you're out there. We want to remind him that you're out there doing your thing, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. I, yeah. I'd, I'd love that. Well, let's let's give that some consideration, and and we'll I'll connect with you later through uh, I guess through Tracy. But uh, Charlie, Peter, it's it's been great. I think it was a lot of fun to talk about this, and um, I'm hoping to see you at the world's championships. I don't know if I'm coming, but Charlie, now that you're going, it's now I'm stimulated. Yeah. Come on, man. We'll have some fun. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I, my biggest worry is I still I'm a flatlander and I, I got to go into altitude in Tahoe. But I'll, I'll figure it out. So let's make a plan and meet up. All right. Hey, Peter. Best of luck to you, man. And let's try to hook up soon. All right. Thanks, Rich. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Pleasure. You bet. Well, friends, it's time to bring another show to a close. Be sure and tune in to us next week. We've got a lot of great content in store for you. I want you to tell your friends to check us out. You can always find us on Facebook. Simply go search the Natural Running Network. Drop us a message. I'd love to learn more about you and the things you do. And until then, you have an amazing day.